Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with veteran jazz pianist and composer Michael Weiss. We talked on January 12, 2022 about his upcoming CD called Persistence. He elaborated on that, his life in music, and COVID. Born in Dallas, he started piano studies at the age of six, and at 15, he discovered the world of jazz at the Interlochen Academy in Michigan. Over the past 40 years, he has worked with the best in jazz, and he's been all over the world with the likes of Johnny Griffin, George Coleman, Charles McPherson, Benny Golson, Jimmy Heath, Art Farmer, and so many others dig this interview. Thanks for taking a minute out for Neon Jazz. I appreciate it. Let's talk about persistence. You know, it's coming out during a very strange time on planet Earth since March of 2020, Everything's just undulated into weirdness as we're in now. But music has been kind of a saving grace, so to speak. How does it feel to have this release come out now? Uh, great. I'm always happy to have uh, a new recording coming out and something that I feel is representative of how I'm playing, how I'm writing. It's, uh, it's a snapshot of, uh, of uh, this time in my artistic development and my career. So ultimately with this recording, what do you hope in the audience gets from this? What do you want them to glean from this CD? Well, of course, you know, uh, like any recording, you you hope uh, the music connects to your listeners and that they find something uh, that resonates with them in, in the heart and in the mind. Mm. There's a lot of passionate playing that goes on in the music. I think the, the recording uh, has a lot to offer uh in a, in in a lot of different ways there's a lot of complexity there's a lot of simplicity there's a lot of uh very uh direct uh emotional content that that is in the the uh the delivery of 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 the music that I wrote and um you know I think as with any type of music or or any any art really uh, with repeated listenings or repeated viewings, uh, the listener or the viewer discovers more and more uh, layers of, of detail that uh, that should maintain the uh, you know interest in in what's going on. So speaking of COVID, you know this has been a time of self-reflection. There's been a lot of lockdown, quarantine going on. What did you learn about yourself over this time that maybe you didn't realize before that's going to make you stronger as we hopefully reemerge in this coming year? That's difficult to answer. Uh, I've basically been kind of rolling with the, with the punches, so to speak, uh, as with so many musicians that I know, uh, we lost quite a lot of work. And for really any artist of any type to, to grow and develop, we have to be doing what we do. You know, performing regularly is is so important, and so uh, going months and months without performing at all has been has been very difficult. But uh, you know, once we once we uh, we're back on the bandstand, we pretty much just uh, get back in the groove. Um, other than that, I don't. Uh, there's nothing really specific I can I can think of. Uh, I don't have a really good answer for that. No, you, that was a good answer. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that that was totally a good answer. So you're you were born in Dallas. You started playing at six. Was it always a foregone conclusion that music was going to be your life? Uh, well, I think so. Um, but certainly, uh, from the time I 
was first exposed to jazz, uh, that was a, a, a big event because that, that gave my, that def right there and then that uh, revealed itself to be, uh, my, my calling. Who were your influences when you were growing up? Well, from the very beginning, you know, the first um, music I really became aware of and became intimately familiar with was rock and pop music of the day in the in this 1960s, the Beatles and various, you know, rock bands in the 70s. Once I became aware of jazz, my first recordings probably... Uh, shaped me the most probably like with anybody you know the when you learn a new language where you hear it by ear and how you how you learn it it, it shapes you for the rest of your life so my first jazz recording was Horace Silver's Blowing the Blues Away and at the same time that I heard that my big band at school was performing a lot of Thad Jones's writing and also in those days um what's been labeled uh fusion style jazz was very prominent return to forever weather report headhunters mahavishnu orchestra all groups like that that was kind of the heyday of that of that period so all that music rubbed off on me quite a bit so i really had quite a a diverse uh, range of, of music that I was listening to, and, and I was just soaking it all in. What was the first live show that you saw, live jazz show that really blew you away? I'd say the first one was before I, I really knew what it was. Uh, when I was 14, I saw a triple bill of uh, Mahavishnu Orchestra, Dr. John, and the Allman Brothers. And the Allman Brothers was the only band that I was familiar with at the time, but uh, Mahavishnu opened, and and it was, of course, way over my head, but but it was pretty profound. Um, when I was 15, I saw Duke Ellington and his orchestra, and that was pretty incredible. Let's see. After that, uh, probably the 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 first or small group that I heard uh, was the Woody Shaw Lewis Hayes Quintet when they came through Bloomington, Indiana, where I had just started school. And that was pretty intense. And after that, I was going to New York at every opportunity, so I heard quite a lot of uh, great musicians over the years. So, you know, you've been at this for four-plus decades, and you've been around a lot of big names, from Jimmy Heath, Lou Donaldson, Charles McPherson, Johnny Griffin. I'm curious, what what did you learn from the legends and luminaries that, that have resonated with you up to this day that have allowed you to teach younger players around you really good stuff? Their artistry is, was at such a high level, uh, and their musical personalities were so strong and so solid, so well-formed. They they really played themselves through their instrument, and uh, the all of those players had great uh, storytelling elements to the way they delivered their 
solos, their solo statements. So following them on the piano with my solo night after night really demanded uh, uh, me to to tell my story in as clear and convincing a way as I could and to and to express myself. There's nothing like that on the job type of type of training that will elevate you to your to to the best of, of your artistic ability at the time and also being on tour and performing night after night like I said before is is absolutely essential playing the same repertoire night after night on tour you try different things out and uh you can experiment and 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 find the best that you have to offer for for each uh individual situation each song and to tailor what you can do you know as an accompanist as a piano accompanist i have to i have a a wide range of creative opportunities there in addition to just playing a solo and uh trying to find in my own sense of good taste what's the what's the optimum means of accompaniment uh to all those different soloists who all have such very different personalities um but you talked about teaching and what what I could impart to students from that experience i guess one thing that comes to mind is being able to stand on your own two feet and i guess part of what i mean by that is uh like uh, many musicians have said and Barry Harris has talked about they say you have to be able to swing by yourself and that means that your innate sense of tempo and rhythm has to be very very strong you have to be able to stand on your own and not have to rely on other musicians to be your metronome or to hold you up so that's one of the kind of things i talk about over all of these years there's been all kinds of accolades and things that have happened in your life i'm curious what's been the most surprising thing that's happened to you over your career most surprising development or award what what has surprised you the most three off Boy, uh that's a good question. Uh I I've been very fortunate to play with a lot of my heroes and and idols. Um but all those experiences they weren't total accidents. Uh if if that's what you aspire to do with your career, you have to create those opportunities for them <clears throat> or or be in the uh, do what you can for for those uh things to happen you know luck is luck plays a lot of a lot of the process but but uh you know nobody knows about you if you're sitting at home all the time so you have to make yourself uh known and aware to of people you'd like to play with um but i think from from the time i came to new york i wasn't quite sure how my career would unfold but i knew that i got the greatest satisfaction out of being able to be on the bandstand with 
the great musicians that I listened to on record. Uh, that was sort of a mark of arrival for me. So I'd say my my proudest achievements as a professional musician is being able to work in the bands of of uh, a number of really legendary jazz musicians. And in that same vein, you've had a very long career. You've always stayed relevant. You've stayed on the top of what you do and how you play. What, what's been your key to longevity? What's been kind of the, the cornerstone of what makes you go and tick? Well, performing, you know. Uh, when you're on the bandstand, that's really, that's, uh, that's the time when you, when you can assess where you are uh, artistically and whatever uh, goals you have and whatever uh, aims that you're trying to achieve musically and professionally and so forth. Uh, so, like I said before, being able to perform uh, frequently is really essential to to really being able to gauge uh where you are and to 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 see what your uh future potential is uh musically artistically uh that's where the inspiration comes from um, that you know playing playing gigs is where you get ideas for composing for arranging uh how you like to do things it's it's difficult to to uh, perceive those things and to unless you have the gigs to work those things. The 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 bandstand is the laboratory, you know. It's difficult to make your your home studio the laboratory. <laughs> yeah, you know the bandstand sure. and and the, and the recording studio is is where you where you work your things out. And in that same vein, too, you know, once we do kind of get back, hopefully this year things open up and we start getting back to live music, what do you hope we all collectively realize about the power of live music, which we've obviously missed since March of 2020, both musician and the audience? That's something for the, for the audience to, to realize themselves. You know, uh, we're... We're on two different ends of of the process, you know. We, uh, as uh, as performers and composers, we put our best foot forward um, and try and deliver with uh, our our highest uh, standards, personal standards uh, of something that that hopefully the audience will will resonate with. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm not quite sure if I would know how to answer that. You know, uh, I, I, I think that the live music experience is, is very special uh, and is different from listening to records or listening to CDs. Um, we just, I just hope that uh, we can eventually turn the corner and get back to socially interacting like we used to in 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 all walks of life whether it's uh in the performing arts or every other type of social interaction 
you know, uh, I mean, when I'm thinking, if we think about it in the bigger picture, you know, what, what school children are going through right now is, is really, really tough. I mean, what, what we're dealing with as artists, that's, that's really small potatoes compared to, you know, how this pandemic is affecting the world at large. Yeah, I agree. I got a 16 and a 17 year old and it's, <laughs> that, that's the roughest thing. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's devastating to just to watch how even all the kids around them are dealing with it. You know, um, you know, one, I, I work in a school district and one of the teachers told me last year that, you know, the kindergarten kids that come in are all wearing masks and it's their first experience in school. And it just blew my mind. It's like, they don't know any different. They know to come to school in a mask. And I think about how, you know, that's, there's, there's a reality that these kids are dealing with right now and there's nothing to compare it to. So, um, so my final question to you is this, everyone has a perception or an idea of who they think you are, your family, your friends, your fans, but ultimately you live your life. You have a perception of yourself. Who do you think you are? <laughs> I, have, I have no idea how to, nobody's asked me anything like that before. <laughs> uh, well, you know, uh, I think they say beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Or, uh, I think you, you can best, you can assess, if not best, you can assess how you, who you are, uh, in some ways by, uh, how you interact with others and how, how others perceive of you. That's another thing with this, uh, what's happening with the pandemic, you know, with such limited personal interaction, physical interaction, visual, uh, that's, that's something that, uh, that we're missing out on face to face, uh, personal contact. Uh, but I, I, what the one thing that comes to mind from that question is, uh, I, I think you, you figure out a lot about yourself by, by how you interact with others, I guess. Without a doubt. Michael, thank you for taking some time out from the on jazz today. Good luck with the album, and hopefully everything gets better here in 2022. Well, I hope so, Joe. Thank you so much for uh, for giving me a call, and I hope your listeners enjoy the recording persistence. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in Los Angeles, New York City, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Michael for his time, energy, and cool. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino in the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com, and for everything Neon Jazz all the time, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.